What's up, everybody? Welcome back to University of Adversity. I'm your host, Lance Isios. You guys, it's been a little bit of a while since we got an episode out. This is the first one of 2024. So a happy 2024. I know, as I told you guys in the last episode, on the solo episode at the end of last year, that we slowed things down and my plan is to pick things up again. As you know, five years goes by, you know, there was a lot of effort, a lot of work, a lot of amazing stuff happened hundreds and hundreds of interviews. And I just needed a bit of a break from that. <laughs> so here we are, we're back. And what better fitting episode than this? I'm currently in Tulum, just moved here a couple of weeks ago on New Year's Eve. And today we have my good friend, Niels Poole joining us. This is why it's fitting is because now I'm like in the jungle, I'm in this like spiritual place. And then we have Neil's joining us, which is where me, him and I met in Costa Rica. The reason I connected with him and the reason, you know, we even know each other is because he was helping facilitate ayahuasca in Saltara in 2021 in Costa Rica, which is where I did plant medicine. I had the, I had the opportunity to do ayahuasca with Aubrey Marcus, Vailana, and a bunch of other amazing people. And Niels was kind of the guy that helped us once we, once we got there, got out of the buses, got unpacked. Niels was the guy that was like helping us understand what the medicine is. Him and another guy and the amazing facilitators around there, they all helped, but he was, you know, fluent in Spanish and he sat down with us with the maestros and we really sort of went through like the expectations of what to expect with the medicine and what can happen and really helped set the stage for what was ahead. And that really helped me in the week to follow because we sat with it for four nights out of seven and Niels really set the stage for us. And I really loved his calm demeanor, his energy and what he brought. So, you know, it was a huge part of my experience. So Niels, have I, Niels and I had connected off and on, ran into him in Sedona. We've been talking about doing a podcast episode and we recorded this a few weeks ago and I just haven't been able to get it out yet. And now it's out and I think it's the perfect time. So why this is important and why you should listen is that we break down the importance of plant medicine, but most importantly, all the things that can happen with it and why, and, and Niels is really good at explaining both sides and the importance of it, importance of integration, importance of, you know, really respecting the medicine. And we specifically talk about ayahuasca. So if you really want to have a deep dive into ayahuasca, plant medicine, adversity, all the things like that, we're going to go deep into this. This is a really great conversation. And Niels is a, is a wealth of wisdom. So I'm really excited to share this with you guys and to share his story and all of that. And yeah, this is this was a great episode. I'm going to kind of give you guys a little bit of a a little bit of background about him to kind of set the stage and then we'll get into the episode itself so that you can kind of, you know, be prepared of what's to come. So Neil's Spiritual practice is primarily informed by the decade he spent living in Peru. During this time, he worked extensively with indigenous shamanic traditions of the Shipibo, Mestizo, and the Quechua cultures. Hope I said that right. 
He has created, directed, and facilitated many ayahuasca retreats throughout Latin America and guided thousands of clients through their personal plant medicine journeys. Those who have worked with Niels are inspired by his deep sensitivity and connection to earth, energy, and spirit. He embodies an innate gentleness and profound trust in each person's process and has a unique way of guiding others toward their sacred heart medicine. He incorporates elements of somatic experiencing, IFS, compassionate inquiry, and heart-based humanistic approach in, in work supporting the plant medicine. It's a bit of a tongue twister. <laughs> the core of his work is centered around gently guiding clients back to presence, deep acceptance, and trust. At heart, Neil is a traveler and a seeker. He's passionate about honoring indigenous traditions and facilitating the remembrance of ancient wisdom. Niels is deeply committed to his mission to help others reconnect to self, source, reciprocity, and deep liberation. So Niels is a powerful dude, and I'm really, really excited to share this episode with you guys. And all things plant medicine, ayahuasca, and yeah, I'm excited because I haven't recorded an episode or haven't released an episode like this with you guys for a long time. You know, I've interviewed different maestros and I, I had my solo episode on ayahuasca and it's so nice to kind of bring this back into this podcast and give you guys a bit of a masterclass from somebody that's very, very experienced and is very committed to the healing journey and helping others. So enjoy this episode with Niels Poole coming right up. Now, before we get into today's episode, I want to talk to you about Magic mind. Now, I've talked about this before. I like to get ready for podcasts and I like to be dialed in. Now, one of my favorite tools now, this productivity shot that I take, is magic mind. Now, without getting too complicated, it's a combination of nootropics and focus and feel good ingredients. So basically, if you want to be dialed in, you want to be energized, you want to be focused on the task at hand, you want to be able to have clarity in your words, this is great. It's got matcha, it's got different mushroom complexes in it, it's got great stuff in it. So Magic Mind has been something that I've used, it's become a staple in my life, and I want to give you guys an opportunity to try it out yourself. So if you go to magicmind.co slash UAP20, you get 20% off your first one-time purchase or 56% off your first-time subscription. You got to try it out. It's worth it. If you feel like you are kind of, you, you, you don't have that energy and you've kind of, you realize you're drinking too much coffee and you want to just, you still want to be energized, this is, this is for you. If you like that feeling of clarity and energy, this is for you. If you want to combine it with coffee, which is what I like to do as well, you want that kick from coffee, but you want that like low grounded focus energy from, from like a tea or a matcha, this is the, this is for you. So check it out, go to magic mind. So M A G I C M I N D dot C O slash U A P 20 
and get 20% off your first one-time purchase or you what you the the better move is is get 56% off your first subscription enter code UAP20 make it all happen all right everybody enjoy this uninterrupted episode with Niels Pool Good to see you man you too brother got you your no, got your nosara shirt on there it's great i'm representing it is <laughs> where are you at right now in in nosara and here for just a few more days before going down to peru ah what have you been doing in uh costa rica just kind of passing some time here enjoying the ocean um you know at heart i'm just an aussie surfer you know it's and and so that's like after being for you know 10 years in peru in the mountains there's always this desire to get in the ocean a little more and this you know we are projecting to planning to bring our retreats here to costa rica in the future so just exploring i've been i've i've sort of explored in the south around here in the guanacaste a bit more looking for for uh you know, suitable places for us to bring our work. Costa Rica is a beautiful place. That's where we met, man. It is. A beautiful, it is a beautiful uh, place. I remember I really, you, you had a huge impact in my ayahuasca journey because I remember, you know, arriving in Saltara and, you know, there was a lot of nerves, right? A lot of, um, a lot of unknowns, a lot of stories in my head. And I remember getting there and being like, okay. And you were just so accommodating and so, your energy was so, so great. And you, I, I remember we had that first day or whatever day it was, but like you kind of walked us through what to expect, you know, just, and, and it just made made me feel a lot more at ease and I know the maestros were there too and it just it really helped and you know your energy is just it, it was it was something that really helped me in the beginning I think a lot of people felt the same so I wanted to thank you for that and I want to talk about on that on the show because you know you've been doing this for a while and mm -hmm. I've just I'm so fascinated by that world that you're in, you know, I've only sat with ayahuasca for four nights, you know, like, and it was so powerful, but I don't even know if I, how deep I really went and what's possible. And you've been doing it for so long. So I guess like where I want to start with this, bro, is like, why, like, <laughs> why, why did you get into this in the first place? Like what drew you to this? And yeah, let's start there. Let's just, let's just start there with, with, you know, what drove you to this medicine and this path? Sure. Yeah. Thank you, mate. It's nice to hear that reflection and yeah, it was a sweet retreat and it was lovely to have you there. And for me, it's always such a blessing to just, to do this work and to get to connect with people um, in this very vulnerable, intimate experience. And it, it, it's so nourishing for me. So, and, you know, I get to meet beautiful people just like you. And so, yeah, I remember clearly as well. And I guess to answer the question, I, you know, I was sort of early twenties and I had 
my my life trajectory was sort of looking a little bit sort of confusing for me. I'd studied science. Interestingly, interestingly enough, I'd studied botany at university. <laughs> and uh, I, I was living in Australia. You know, I grew up in Oz and in Sweden. My mother's Swedish. And so there's a bit of like a cultural mix there. Um, and so for the, you know, there was something deep in me that was kind of, I wasn't sure of what it was, but there was a yearning for something more. And, um, you know, I grew up in areas where there were a lot of social issues and racism between Indigenous Australia and white Australia. And it was always quite heavy and saddening to witness this, like, misunderstanding that was just constant uh, of two just vastly different cultures, just not really getting each other you know and then all of the the pain and the trauma involved in that and I I guess you know on some deep level for the longest time there was yeah there was this sense of like something was missing for me and eventually uh, I decided to kind of take off go you know on some deep exploration and go traveling long term and uh, it wasn't until later after finding ayahuasca and after, you know, really having some incredible experiences with plant medicine that it really struck me, you know, that that thing that I was seeking was this spiritual connection. And, um, you know, I love my Australian identity. I love being Australian. I love Australia. I wish I have, you know, been back more in the last 10 years. And every time I hear an Australian accent, accent my ears kind of prick up and I want to go and chat with the person and and at the same time like there is um you know culturally within amongst white Australia there is a very atheist scientific kind of paradigm that pe most people sort of fall into and um there's oftentimes not really a spiritual bone in in these in in that culture and so that's kind of long story short, you know, I wasn't seeking healing for myself. And um, in many ways, I, f I feel really blessed to have a configuration that like I, I that I really connect easily with, with other energies and the beautiful things that are all around us, you know, um, but it just crossed my path. And when I first encountered ayahuasca, it was hugely life changing, it just really ripped the band-aid off and like really helped me to connect deeply with some incredible energies that that um nourished me in a way that I'd never felt nourished and I think I received a huge amount of light and love and kind of nurture energy from from that medicine that that really kind of filled my cells with wings for a good time after and and then sort of yeah the rest is kind of history there's been an evolution since then during the last decade of working and deepening and you know the constant unfolding of process for those that don't know what ayahuasca is like i i used to talk about plant medicine a lot more before i just haven't we haven't brought it up on the show in a while so that's why i'm excited to talk about it because um, I think it's so powerful. I, I would love if you could explain to the listeners that may not know 
what ayahuasca is like what is it and why is it powerful why like what is what is it about it that people are seeking sure so it's obviously it's a brew that comes from the amazon uh somehow there's a beautiful anthropologist named Wade Davis who speaks very eloquently about this and you know somehow in even though sort of statistics and logic doesn't really doesn't really make sense how this could have happened that amongst thousands and thousands of plants in the jungle humans you know decided to mix two plants namely shakruna the vine <laughs> Sorry, uh, chakruna, which is the shrub, which they use the leaves of, and the ayahuasca vine, which are, which use the entire vine, and it's sort of um, kind of beaten so that it kind of frays a little bit so there's more surface area. Put that in a pot, cook it over a fire for 8 to 10 to 12 hours, and really like concentrate and reduce this tea, which has the ingredients, the component from the ayahuasca, being an agent that helps us as humans to actually digest and metabolize the medicine so that it stays in us without being broken down so that it can actually, we can absorb it and, 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 and feel the DMT, DMT from the chakruna. And so there's a lot of folklore. There's a lot of different sort of um, myths around how that happened, obviously in the jungle amongst these indigenous cultures who have grown whose cultures are very much informed by and shaped by this, this medicine and, and their deep relationship with it and the other, you know, plant teachers of the jungle. There's a lot of different myths about how that happened that are very kind of, you know, mythical and spiritual of nature in nature. Does that answer the question? Yeah, so. no, for sure. I just, you know, that is an interesting story because I've heard that as well that they don't really know how out of all of the plants in the jungle, they chose those two. It's like, a f it's fascinating to me. It's, it is super fascinating. You know, how amongst tens of thousands of species would, would the people of the Amazon decide that they want to experiment with specifically those two, but you know, really that's the tip of the iceberg as well when it comes to, the the technologies of these indigenous cultures that you know that who who have evolved with this medicine and whose cosmovision and whose you know healing practices and medicine really is deeply intertwined with ayahuasca and so i can speak to that a little bit more as well you know what makes this medicine so incredible from my perspective is is like the technology that goes hand in hand with it. You know, for me, there's like this synergy that happens where it's not just about the ayahuasca. Yes, there's DMT, this visionary, you know, compound that, that produces visions that strangely exists all throughout nature in plants and animals and in us humans as well, endogenously. And also there's the, there's this, there's, there's, in that synergy, there's like the patient who's arriving, and there's also the the healer who's coming with, you know, their skill and their ability to do magic, do energy work, and and channel and orchestrate a lot of energy in the healing space. And so, you know, that technology is what for me just continues to 
like inspire me continues to blow my mind i suppose and i'd love to speak to that a little bit it's uh you know at its essence it's it's about the deep connection that the people of the different you know ethnicities in that amazon uh, who work with ayahuasca the deep deep connection that they have cultivated with with the plants and that relationship that's established and evolved over who knows how many generations you know a few thousand years maybe is um is where that magic lies and so the analogy that people use is that ayahuasca is kind of like the motor or it's kind of like the hub that in the portal that helps the healer to connect uh with all of these other plant spirits and and master plants and plant teachers that are that that have different qualities you know and so you can imagine that the people of the amazon what do they have around them right like they're surrounded by a thick dense extremely alive jungle environment with so many plants you can't imagine and um you know, whereas people from the Andes or from the Himalaya or different, you know, environments have different things. The people of the mountains have the mountains. And so their spiritual, you know, um, strength, if you will, is, is, is with what they have near them. The people of the Amazon, they're deeply, deeply connected with the plants. And so they use the, the ayahuasca as a tool to connect deeply and to receive the wisdom and receive the energy the vibration of the different plant teachers and literally literally if you go and speak with a with a healer from the jungle and and ask them like what is this whole process about they'll say you know when they go into their dietas where they where they connect with these plants they the plant spirit comes to them in different forms and whether it's in their dreams or you know through the vision in the ceremony or just it's a felt sense whatever it is and and it speaks to them and it teaches them things. And um that's my experience as well in the dieta. It's like there's a there's Can you a explain purity. dieta a little bit just for people that don't know the lingo. Dieta. Sure. So the dieta, oftentimes people confuse the 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 traditional sort of dieta, which which healers and maestros practice constantly to kind of recharge their connection. Um and sometimes people confuse that with just the simple diet that you need to practice before you go into a block of work with ayahuasca, which is, you know, no sex, no, no, you know, no pork, a few other restrictions, mm-hmm. um, no medications or drugs. The dieta is a deeper kind of uh, practice, which is, um, again, that same sort of ancient, simple technology that's, that's, that's practiced, you know, in the, in North America with the with the indigenous peoples of North America and the Lakota with their vision quest, for example, it's an isolation diet where there's fasting, there's restrictions of what what's eaten, and there's drinking ayahuasca in the evenings and drinking the tea of the specific plant teachers that their like intention is to connect with and receive from. Mm. So. That process is like it's an intense um, download or alignment that takes place often where the energy of the plants comes through and really reflects 
you know, where in your life you're not embodying the characteristics that that plant's pure essence embodies, you know, and you can imagine in nature, the plants aren't confused by these meaning-making machines that we carry around as humans. Instead, they really embody what they are in, in their essence in the purest of ways. And so they show us that and we perceive that and feel that. And sometimes there is, um, you know, sometimes it's humbling to, to, to see that reflection, you know, and see, oh my God, and feel deeply through your body. This is, this is all the, you know, all the areas that I am not showing up in my life, that I'm not embodying these beautiful, pure characteristics that are being sort of shown to me now through this plant's energy, through this plant's reflection. And um, these maestros will do that regularly and diet many plants and have like a lot of these spirit allies that they... Um, that are kind of with them when they're doing the healing. And so when they're performing healing in ayahuasca ceremonies, they are orchestrating a lot of these energies and channeling a lot of these energies through intention and through their songs, their ikaros, uh, to help us to, to balance and to bring the medicine of each of these plant teachers into the space and into our body and into our field to help to put things into alignment, to help to, you know, help us to clear things that are, that are blocked or, or, you know, energetic knots that are kind of keeping flow from happening. And uh, so this is this is a really central piece to the to the technology of the ship Bebo healers that that I love to work with. Um, and it, like I said, it really is a technology. It's something that it's ancient and simple and very elegant in its design, but it is for me, I really believe part of the indigenous ancient wisdoms that our world needs really, uh, really a lot right now to kind of learn from and to come back to. So just for everybody listening, Shipibo from Peru, it's like the purest out of the, uh, like in ayahuasca, there's a lot of people doing it now, like from different countries, right? And would you say that for Peru, the Shipibo is the purest. That's what I did too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, there are many different cultures in the jungle that work in slightly different ways. Right. And, and many, you know, they're, and they're all valid and they're all beautiful in their own right. And uh, for me in my time working with these plants, I've just resonated most with this culture. It's also what's very, you know, um, you know, available in Peru as well, right? The uh, that's where the Shipibo people come from is in Peru in the Amazon of Peru, and I lived there for ten years. And so, you know, over the years, relationships were formed with beautiful healers there that I'm really blessed to have, and and that was kind of the evolution for me. So, of course, so you know, pure, it's they there's there's a purity in the way that they really follow the structure of what they do. Right. And it's, you know, and they really embody that structure of what their ancestral medicine is. And they really carry that forward, um, you know, powerfully. Yeah. I love that. I love that purity of it. I want to dig into a little bit about the dieta. So would you say then, then just to kind of explain it to people so that a little bit a different way is that 
what they're doing is deepening the connection to their to their intuition to like to god right so it's almost like they're they're tapping into themselves through the like could, i just kind of want to like is that what's happening like that clarity is actually allowing them to like their inner wisdom is being it's going to it's going to tap into that more clearly cuz some mm -hmm. people think it's oh it's the plants but isn't it actually just it's helping us connect to ourselves more Mm -hmm. Can you explain that a little bit? Because I feel like some people, I mean, even myself, sometimes I get confused because it's such a, it's so deep, this world. And, you know, from my understanding, it's like the purer you are, you know, the more you can listen, you, the more you can hear, the more you can feel, right? Is that yeah. about right? Would you say? Yeah. You know, with the dieta, it's like, there's two things that are happening. Yeah. The first is that there's a, a purification and a cleansing happening through the, you know, restrictions of, and, 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 you know, dulling down our, the sensory inputs. And so that's like physically. Right. And through our food and through, you know, hopefully what, you know, what you're coming into contact with just a quietening down of all of the noise and just like in any, in many, um, you know, ancient, spiritual practices that quietening down you know is 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 the precursor to to a cleansing um where whatever vibrations of if it you know habitual patterns of that we're carrying around things that maybe have you know been conditioned into us or through trauma or just through the impressions of a lifetime things that we're carrying around that express themselves, you know, in, you know, in, in, in the face of the overwhelm or the discomfort of, 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 of being intimate with those parts of ourselves. You know, we all have these tendencies to reach for things, suppress or, or protect ourselves in ways that, you know, are helpful in the short term, but maybe not really in our best interest in the long term. And so that quietening down gives us that opportunity to, really for things to bubble up from the, from the subconscious and to sort of be, and there's a discomfort in that, right? This is why these are experiences of initiation, just like with the, with the, with the vision quest of the Lakota in the North, you know, it's an initiation where we're kind of forced to meet those parts of ourselves mm. and be with them in order to kind of reparent or whether it's like the indigenous people in Australia who, who go walk about and, and like that initiation, you know, people say like, you look at a young boy who's been on walkabout and you look a bit in the eyes and there's just, there's a different person there. There's, there's, there's an initiated man there because they've come face to face with their shadows. And so there's, that's what's happening on one level. And there's that cleansing that's taking place. And simultaneously, this is the technology of, 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 specifically now we're speaking about the shipi world that with the diets that they do and this is these diets are something that's practiced by a lot of the indigenous cultures that work with ayahuasca from the amazon but the shipi world you know their technology it's hand in hand with that process of purification there's this intentional connecting to the spirit of a plant and the spirit of the plant comes and basically like there's a transmission and, and in that transmission, sometimes there's like a deep alignment that takes place where, 
and, and, and beautiful lessons and wisdoms that we are able to receive. And so that's, that's the, again, it's this beautiful, simple, elegant technology. Yeah. You know, this 3d world we live in, it's, it's, it's such a small piece of like what's going on. That's what fascinates me. You know, mm -hmm. you know, we get up, we do our things and then there's just so much other stuff going on that we can't totally. even see. <laughs> it's always, it's fascinated me, man, for so long, ever since I got into this stuff. I mean, I'm sure it does for you too, constantly. Constantly. There's so many layers to this experience, right? And um, for me, you know, this sort of circles back to what I was speaking to about what was missing in my life, you know, even though I wasn't, conscious of what that was there was certainly you know this understanding later when i encountered this deep deep nourishment from um from the divine from spirit from pachamama from mother earth this receiving beautiful energy from that you know in the our modern cultures we really don't have a relationship with often and there's not uh spaces for us to it's not normalized for us to kind of seek that out or create those moments intentionally. And uh, this is, you know, for me is, is my, my belief, uh, you know, where a lot of the illness is coming from, where a lot of the dis-ease is coming from in, in our modern world, right? And so I don't believe that plant medicine or ayahuasca is the be-all and end-all. And also I really do believe it is a beautiful tool that can help us to have that really powerful paradigm shifting experience of you know cracking us open and helping to sort of lift the veil a little bit and perceive firsthand and experience firsthand all of this wonderful support that is available to us if we if we really step into reciprocity and we really like open up that you know channels of giving and receiving with nature and with all that's around us and 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 you know it there's there's a richness to the texture of life that starts to happen there you know like there's more than sometimes for many people like that is the missing ingredient or that is the the whole that people are feeling it's like a we can go to the gym you know read all the books and and you know take care of like a good portion of our of our of our aspects as people are physical and mental but like when we don't check in with the spiritual as well and come out of balance and so yeah it's the spiritual aspect is so important and it's just been completely disregarded in our society from for the most part and it's sad because that's that's just coming home to yourself. The more you realize you start to wake up to that, you know, that's really it. It's just being, feeling at home with yourself. It's like, we're chasing, we're chasing, we're chasing. And then I found personally that once you have that spiritual connection, the stronger that gets, the less you need from the external world. And you're like, oh, okay. I see what's happening. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's it, but to stay into that, that plugged into that spiritual essence is, is the real challenge on a yeah. daily basis, right? Yes. Trying to navigate this world and, you know, the spiritual world. And I mean, I'm sure that you, 
must fall into this a lot, like this challenge of the world that you're working in and putting on these retreats and working with medicine, but then living in this 3D world where like but doing a bunch of shit, being a human and all of that. Like, how do you separate the two and how do those even work? Because man, I just think of myself, like it's, it would be so difficult to be able to turn one on or off or just be able to kind of have a combination of both simultaneously. Mm -hmm. For sure. And, you know, and that's really is, you know, there's a couple of things there. The first point is, you know, just having that remembering uh, that it's, it's, it's by connecting deeply with self, you know, and moving when we kind of like move through some of the things that are getting between us and our connection with self and our kind of essence, our, the seed of our being, our essence, when we arrive to that, we're, we feel so resourced, right? You know, we're like, we're, we're, because we're really coming home to our God self, you know, and, we're, and, and from that place, that connection that nourishes is really available, whether it's just, you know, whether it's through people, through our community, through our beautiful relationships, through, you know, or through something, you know, more there's plants or mountains or earth energy or something more astral or whatever it is people, you know, each person wants to uh, connect with. And then there's the other part, which is so much harder, right? Which is the, how do we continue to come back to that remembering? Mm. And how do we continue to weave, you know, that, that knowing into our lives in meaningful ways? And, you know, it's a, it's a constant journey. I think it's a constant unfolding for everybody. Um, I don't think there is an end point, you know, it's a, and this is, um, and this is a part that I think is really important to discuss, you know, like I, I see more and more and more, especially in the last couple of years, the last five years, how much this scene, this, world of plant medicine is just sort of ballooning right and there's so it's really proliferating all around the world and there's so many people you know diving into this headlong and that this this concern is the truth because it's not it's not about going from one peak experience to another with plant medicines um and and you know and just chasing that sort of spiritual entertainment it's about how are we taking the wisdom home with us and really embodying those wisdoms and carrying that into the world and that's where the work is and you know i think it's a really beautiful thing that there's all of this interest and it's 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 incredible like it's surprising 10 years ago i couldn't have imagined that even in my home country in australia they i think they just legalized mushrooms mushroom therapy recently with psilocybin and i just thought i did not expect that you know and so that's awesome and also it concerning because there's so many layers to this uh world of energetics and and spiritual energies that that um that are can be very activating and can quickly become overwhelmed overwhelming and uh, I think I, you know, I see it more and more. People's process just kind of spinning sometimes because 
it requires taking a lot of time, right? To really integrate what comes, you know, and that retreat that we met on, for example, it's only seven days and four ceremonies. And there might be enough content in that retreat to, to be processing, to be, you know, gradually kind of for that to percolate through your system and, 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 and it manifest into your life in real ways for years, you know? Yeah. So there's a concern around how many people may be becoming ungrounded with these medicines. You know, I think for me, I guess my mission is a little bit to try to, to try to pro provide spaces that are really supportive so that people, you know, have as many tools as possible to bring it home um, and, and to kind of create meaningful shifts in life that are, that are going to like create the change because it's, it's hard for people, you know, like just going down to a retreat somewhere and then, and then coming home to the States, the contrast there is, is like worlds apart, you know, this beautiful bubble of connection and healing. If, if at home we haven't, you know, got the, the community, the support or any practices that are, that are helpful in kind of grounding what you've received into your body, into your life. It's super challenging. Yeah. You brought up a good point. There's, there's a lot of it out there now. And just like anything that has, that is good, there's always going to be people that, you know, aren't ethical or they, you know, that's just kind of what happens when things get popular, right? Like they just, people abuse them and, that must, does that, does that frustrate you because you've been doing this for so long and you have so much integrity and, and then you just see people just all of a sudden like pop up backyard shamans doing these things and these retreats, like, does that bother you after you put in so many hours and time and just like, cause there are a lot of people abusing it, right? Like there's a lot of people that taking advantage and I feel like it's so important that people can distinguish between people that like yourself who have been doing it or who, who have this integrity versus the people that don't. And how does somebody, how does somebody know that? Like, what do they look for? In, sure. You know, because there's a lot of people putting on these ceremonies, right. And these different things. And I feel like it's only going to become more and more so. So how does somebody mm -hmm. discern between, you know, who to go with and who not to. For sure. Yeah. I mean, it's certainly, I'm kind of watching the whole phenomena kind of happen. And yeah, it does upset me a little bit that maybe amongst all of that, um, that these beautiful sacred medicines are maybe like ever so slightly getting a little bit of a bad rap, you know, um, and, 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 you know, maybe they're being perceived as these kind of ungrounding, experiences for people which you know hopefully isn't what's happening for 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 people who are coming to, to like to humbly kind of show up and and heal you know um and it also does definitely yeah it's it's really upsetting to see people who have suffered with um with real kind of trauma you know from certain experiences like that um 
you know, in the work that we do, we speak about this quite a bit. And so sometimes people come to us and they hear something that we've said online and, um, and, and, and voice how a poorly held medicine experience really affected them. And, you know, the reality is that, yeah, these medicines, ayahuasca, San Pedro, Huachuma, for example, they're, they're very powerful tools that really can, you know, crack us open and really amplify our process in a powerful way. And if it, if it, if that, you know, isn't held very sacred and, and also held uh, in the hands of healers who have a, like a level of skill to, to facilitate that process, you know, and to help it in, in, in the right direction to clear the right things and to make sure that they're protected in the right way. And so other energies don't come and, you know, this, this is super important. So how do you discern? I think that there's, it's a great question and it's just sort of, you know, I think that if you're interested in this medicine, you definitely want to make sure that the providers of this kind of experience are trained, that they have like, you know, a lot of experience and have trained with some lineage. And when I say lineage, I mean, you know, different families from different, from, from different um, cultures in the jungle, oftentimes of healers, oftentimes they're carrying forward like generations of, of, of this, um, you know, ancestral medicine. And so they're carrying forward like a powerful lineage and energetically and spiritually that connection. And that it's like a, it's like a, the, the roots of a tree that keeps it safe and grounded. And, um, that's, that can be really important, especially with ayahuasca, I think. And so I know, um, you know, several, you know, American or North American people who have trained with, with, different families and have done it well you know and who provide beautiful plant medicine so it's not necessarily you know only drinking with indigenous people uh but but making sure that the the healers that you're drinking with are are trained and experienced and then the other part of it is that there's there's enough um safety in general and so that encompasses a lot of things right uh Part of that is just making sure that there's enough engagement with from from uh, with you leading into the experience. So like that's checking in, getting to know you, getting to know where you are at in your process. That's trying, you know, getting very clear on any health issues or medications that you take uh, in order to make sure that it's a safe experience from you. All this stuff is really simple and practical, right? Like um, understanding, you know, what is your past history of trauma, addiction, all of this to just discern that you know you're a safe candidate for this and in what we do we you know often will turn people away if they don't fit you know if it's if it's going to be an experience that's not in their best interest why would they come it doesn't make any sense so those are the 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 bare minimum i think and then ideally beyond that you know if there is a container of support with experienced space holders that are going to help to bridge, you, you know, the Western sort of paradigm with the indigenous medicine world and Cosmovision and what they're doing in a nice way. And also like help in that is like this kind of 
helping to like weave these ancient medicines and, and, and ways of being and wisdoms into our very different modern Western lives, you know, in, in ways that are practical and make sense. Um, so that last piece is kind of coming back to what you were mentioning, you know, yeah. around how do we integrate this stuff into our life and in meaningful ways. Yeah. I, um, I'm curious. Okay. Let's, let's dig into more about who the good candidates are for ayahuasca and who aren't, because this always has interested me too. And I know, I know that certain people aren't okay. Let's, let's do two, two parts of this question. So who's mm -hmm. a good candidate? Who's not. And then I want to make sure we talk about this, what it is there actually a bad or good trip or is it just like let's talk i want to unpack that i don't want to forget but i want to just first say like who okay. who is a good candidate and who mm -hmm. should stay away from ayahuasca in your mm -hmm. opinion yeah yeah um it's you know basically people who are suffering with mental illnesses like bipolar schizophrenia where there's a possibility of some kind of fracture happening in their psyche this is dangerous because this plant medicine can maybe amplify you know whatever is the root of that whole condition and kind of amplify things so that there's a higher probability of a fracture like that happening during or after this the experience and so, you know, it's not a judgment on people who suffer with those kinds of things. And, and it's a shame that that's the way it is, but it's just about safety at the end of the day. The other people who need to be, um, you know, people also need to be aware that certain medications like SSRIs um, and, you know, many others, but a specific, especially SSRIs, uh, which are a certain type of um, antidepressant, which affects our serotonin reuptake system, that can be really dangerous together with ayahuasca because it can mm. cause like a serotonin syndrome issue, which is really can be fatal. So medications, you want to be you know very transparent about what medications you're taking and and um, you want to be basically taking restrict coming off all medications in the healthy amount of time before the experience to make sure it's safe. Can I ask uh, one question uh, about that? Can I just, uh, I want to just dig in a little bit. So this just comes to me and I want to, I'm glad we're talking about this. Okay. So the people that have schizophrenia, the people that have these things, well, how do, like, how do they heal that? And isn't there possibly a chance that they could work through that in ayahuasca? Like, I know it's, it's frowned upon. Like, mm -hmm. I know that if you have this, you shouldn't go, but what if somebody's like, you know what? I, 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 I gotta, I gotta figure this out. And I, I, because there's gotta be a way for them to, to work through that somehow, man. That's what I've been, I've always wondered. I don't think I've ever asked anybody this or like that. What are your thoughts about that? Mm -hmm. I know it's not, I know people shouldn't do it. I know you're saying that, but like, mm -hmm. what are your thoughts about that? Somebody with that, like there's, is, is there a possibility? Mm-hmm through the medicine to work through that? Or is it most cases like a bad idea completely? I'm just curious about this in general, because mm -hmm. um, man, there's gotta be a way. 
Sure. Like there's got to be a healing way for these people, right? Like, yeah. even, but they don't even know they have it. You know, like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, sure. It's a super interesting thing. And I, I don't claim to have the answers on this at all. And so, yeah. you know, what I'll share now is just, I'll preface it with, it's just purely my thoughts yeah. based on a, a small amount of experience. And, um, it's certainly not like the truth, but I, I feel, I believe that people who suffer with those kinds of things, bipolar, schizophrenia, it's almost as if they are so incredibly sensitive. It's like that veil is just inherently kind of like drawn back. Yeah. And there's, you know, my sister suffers with bipolar, for example, and she is like an antenna, you know? Like she's like an antenna for energies and wow. she's an incredible, um, she's really, really good at, oh, how do you say this? She's a great patient, if you will. Like she really has um, learned how to navigate her experience in a really beautiful way. And so it's really hilarious. Like there'll be moments where, um, you know, everyday life is going on and then, at some point she's become saturated because she's sort of receiving a lot of information constantly, a lot of energy and, and her, um, she's learned over the, you know, to sort of just, it's now time to like, you know, put down some boundaries and sort of retract and take time to integrate that and, and like ground and mm. do what she needs to do. And so there's like, she would often say, you know, you'd ask her to, do something for you, just something simple as she was passing by. It seems convenient that she could help you with that. And there's that she would typically sort of just say, sorry. And sorry met, you know, met means I'm saturated. I can't do that. And totally understandable, right? And so I think I think these, you know, people who suffer with these things are just so sensitive that ayahuasca is just not really necessary like the okay. to crack them open and it can just become a very ungrounding experience and also potentially bring them to a you know a, a, some kind of manic event mm -hmm. and again i'm not a i'm not a professional in this and so um but this is just my my feeling and the other thing about it is whether you're at home or in a third world country in latin america like, you know you don't really want to enter um, some kind of mania or psychosis if you don't have to, right? So right. that's generally going to be a not really a helpful experience. And so it's just a probability of that. There's a likelihood of, it's an increased likelihood of that happening for for those people. And and yeah, I, you know, I don't, I don't claim to have the answers. No, exactly that, was a, that, was, that was a great way of putting it. I just, you know, I wanted to dig into that more and that makes a lot of sense. They're just mm -hmm. like an antenna. They're just open. There's just so much coming in. That, it makes total sense. Mm -hmm. That makes mm -hmm. total sense. So then, so people, why is, why are people that have experienced trauma and that kind of thing? Like, why are they like, why is ayahuasca powerful for them? Like, why would somebody that's been through trauma or maybe other things that you've noticed would be, you know, I know I asked what, who would make a good candidate for this? Yeah. Maybe yeah. dig into that a little bit, if you can. Sure. Yeah. I've, you know, I mean, obviously, I'm an advocate for this, and I believe in it. Um, I've experienced the the 
beauty and the wonder and the and the healing potential of this medicine and and some others and um so i do believe you know unless you fall in those into the category of of um being unfit for it i really do believe it can benefit everybody um and you know to the question of trauma you know it's definitely something that can be extremely helpful and beneficial for for sufferers of trauma and um you know over the years i've had many sufferers of ptsd um veterans come through retreats and witnessing the transformation there is really profound um and it just comes with, you know, this This is a good question because it helps to describe what is, what the process is with, with, with ayahuasca, um, hopefully, if it's if it's done well, is, uh, you know, trauma, it's not what happened to us, right? It's the memory of, of what happened that's stored in our body, you know? And so it's, it's that memory that continues to kind of play itself out in our lives in ways, um, in and through our relationships it's it's the thing that causes us maybe to shut down or be you know be you know easy to fly off the handle and be aggressive or or activated or triggered um it's sometimes the thing that like drives us to be in perpetual motion and like stay on on constantly and constantly keep busying ourselves with things there's a mem there's a there's a, there's a if you imagine you know from from birth until like till now we're living a life and we're receiving the sort of impressions of all of the different experiences that we've lived you know whether it's our relationships and and, and also experiences that have been traumatic it doesn't have to be something that was a big t trauma it doesn't have to be it can be as subtle as the culture that we grew up in you know um and how that shaped us but essentially there's an accumulation of this know living memory in the body and coming to ayahuasca essentially like at its core what's happening is there's a cleaning going on this is why some people call it la purga the purge and is there's a purging there's a cleansing that's taking place and so it's really fascinating this is how you know simple and organic this medicine is sometimes there's a for for example oftentimes when I receive clients, guests on retreats who are, you know, in their fifties or sixties, there's often, very, very often, those people will be having a lot of physical shaking going on. And you can imagine like somebody who's got a few more years under their belt, there's just a, an accumulation of energies lived over, like experienced over a lifetime or received over a lifetime. And so there's more held in the body that needs to just be shaken out it's very common that people in their 50s and 60s will have a lot of physical shaking going on as these as energy stored in the body are just like are being shaken out uh and then obviously the one that we're sort of all hear about most is the vomiting like purging and you know it's it's but there's all kinds of different ways that we purge and cleanse and clear is, you know, through the emotions that may be stirred up and just feeling them and expressing them and, and releasing them through our tears or just through just being with them. Um, and a common one is also very organic and physical is like going to the bathroom and really, you know, if there's a cleanse of the, of our, of our 
system of our GI tract and our stomach that's happening as well. And it's fascinating, you know, like how all of that works exactly. I don't like we, you know, there's a, there's, there's a magic and there's an energetic like component to that. But on some level, it makes sense. You know, a lot of our neurology is held in our, in our gut and there's a cleansing of, of our neurology going on. Another common purge is, is like a mental purge in the ceremony, in the experience, maybe sort of having like racing thoughts and many, many thoughts just all firing off at once as our, and, you know, it's almost as if my feeling, my take on that is that there's like a, just a, a shaking out of a lot of the net the neurology, the network, the connections that are, that have established in our life as, as it's sort of just being like wrung out and shaken out in order to purge that energy as well. And then, and oftentimes what will happen is people will have an experience like that. And in the moment it's challenging because it's like, it's uncomfortable. And then the next morning there's, there's like a, Oh my God, I feel so much lighter. You know, like I feel physically light. I've had that experience where my, I feel like I've had my, my whole gut sort of operated on and replaced with a brand new one and i'm just feeling like wow it's humming down here you know and um and so it's interesting obviously that reset is really powerful but you know that's not the only thing you know it's how do we go home and how do we maintain that for ourselves so that we can feel that aliveness and for that lightness um as we go through life um it's a beautiful tool though to have a reset and have a deep cleanse of, of these collected energies that we gather in a lifetime. Yeah. I remember experiencing a living hell and then the next day experiencing like the, the most bliss I've ever experienced. It's just, so, there was, yeah, but so many moments there mm-hmm. during my experience. And I think even what, I think it was what you were teaching us before. And, and, and I want to stress to people like, how important that is because a lot of a lot of it that anxiety can be dealt with prior to getting into your ceremony because it's like the clearer your mind is the better the, the easier things i found to be and i felt like when you were you're answering a whole ton of questions and like telling us like things like i think it was you like this too shall pass or like looking at the experience with gratitude like or or like a curious student like what is this teaching me like hmm, interesting you know instead mm-hmm. of like why is this happening oh my god like and freaking out because i felt that in my experience and people will but it's like as soon as you go huh i'm grateful for this i'm grateful for what i'm learning here like why is what am i trying to learn here and this too shall pass that stuff i found to be so helpful mm-hmm. in like the chaotic mind that happens because it's like, sometimes it's, it's scary, man. It's you go into Mm -hmm. these loops and you start to freak out, but it's like soon as you can, you can say those kind of things that really helped me. So I can't imagine going into a ceremony without that prep Mm -hmm. that you had helped us with. And I think you did a really good job with that. And, you know, I think as well about the integration afterwards, it's so important to give yourself that time and to have that community to talk about it, you know, just to share your crazy story or -hmm. not. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I found that to be so helpful, just like having Mm -hmm. a community of people after, you know, it's so much, so much happening. And, um, 
yeah, I just, I wanted to say that because I feel like, um, those moments are so key to have. And I think that, you know, what you offer and what you did for my experience was really, really helpful that way. So anyone listening, like, you know, I wanted to definitely point that out, that it was very, very important. Thank you, brother. Yeah, no, it is. Um, you know, there's in a sense, I mean, there's so many layers and aspects to this kind of work. And um, on one hand, you know, there's, there's, there's oftentimes there's like a, like a pressure test sort of experience that's going on as the medicine really brings up parts of ourselves that we often usually avoid or have resistance towards or judgments towards and, and like really we're forced to meet those 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 aspects those energies those parts of ourselves or even it's sometimes like they're in a child like I've, I've had incredible experiences where I sat with my inner child you know and and, and just shared time with my inner child and sat there and felt its felt his sadness and 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 then that was this beautiful opportunity to kind of like come more deeply home to myself and really understand myself better you know because that inner child the protectors of that inner child were my more adolescent parts that would sometimes give everything away and just be an absolute warrior as if I had this boundless li limitless energy to just continue to give away and give away to keep that inner child safe and so like this but these these conversations and this that we have with ourselves these contemplations are are a constant unfolding um and these 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 experiences with plant medicine can can really help to kind of move things along, pull things up, force us to kind of feet, come to the edges of what is comfortable. And, and that's a really important thing, you know, our Western world and especially in the States, you know, um, it's, it's incredible. It's only in the last couple of years that I've spent a more substantial amount of time in the States or even been there in, in the first place. I, I went there for the first time uh, in a couple of years ago after now being together with somebody from America and I'd worked with clients and people coming through retreats for years, you know, from the States. And so I thought I had this understanding, but to witness firsthand for me, the level of comfort that people live in, the level of ease is so disturbing. It feels to me like it, you know, yeah, the United States and everybody is sort of following culturally the United States in terms of this this big machine of of um of of marketing and consumerism and all of the gadgets that like that that help us to kind of do every little thing in in a more easeful way. But that comfort is really killing us. It's super. It's this is this is where I think plant medicines are an incredible rite of passage you know experience and initiation experience where we're we're brought to the edge of our comfort we're brought to the edge of our, our discomfort and we're forced to kind of meet the parts of ourselves that are difficult that are uncomfortable and we grow this is and it's like a pressure test sometimes you know we grow in in that in those environments i recently provided a mushroom journey for somebody in the states and it was a very wealthy man and you know beautiful man 
and also the level of comfort that he had in his life and how incredibly unwell it was making him was just like so real. I think this is a really important thing to consider, you know, like we, we, we must, um, to grow and to evolve. Like it's not all about resting in comfort constantly. It's also like, it's also about meeting, having the courage, finding the courage to meet the parts of ourselves that are more difficult, you know, in order to move through them and to come to the enlightenment on the other side of that. And when we, when we lose touch with that courage, become really disconnected from that courage it's a dangerous situation really really dangerous situation yeah and that's just a that's just new within the last you know in, in our time right like that's not how life was before right like we had to see we had to go out and hunt we had to do things we had to survive time without food now mm -hmm. we have all these comforts. Like we don't have to be cold. We don't have to be hot. We don't have to be hungry. We don't have to walk barefoot. We don't have to do anything. It's we just, don't even have to leave the house to get food. It's making humans miserable because for so many years, we evolved through going after the challenge, seeking the challenge. Mm -hmm. And not only like, it's not like we meant to seek the challenge back then, but it was like, we got to do this to live. And now all of a sudden we're in this place where there's, Oh, well, I can just avoid it and I don't have to do anything. And it actually just makes us miserable because when you avoid the adversity, you avoid the challenge, it actually mm. creates more chaos. Mm -hmm. But when you choose the struggle, when you choose the challenging thing, it I find it creates more flow state. Like, I'm going to choose this challenge right now because I know on the other side, it's going to be easier. But if I'm going to avoid this, then that challenge is going to come at me when I'm not ready. And I'm going to be like, oh, fuck. You know, mm -hmm. that's, that yep. seems to be the way it goes. Absolutely. And there's so many, again, you know, in our human experiences, so many ways that this can present itself, right. You know, in, in the most, you know, in the most saddening way that we see now, there are people working at home, barely leaving the house, having food delivered and having their groceries brought to them by somebody and, you know, developing agoraphobia in this really sad, sad circumstance, like it's terribly dreary and upsetting and sad to witness that, you know, and it's just, it's, it's, you know, the comfort, the trappings of comfort, you know, and yeah, I realize now this is like, this is the whole topic of your podcast. It's, it's absolutely right. You know, in so many different ways, how, how do we turn towards the difficult thing and, and actually embrace our suffering? you know, and learn yeah. to appreciate our suffering. And, um, you know, again, these, just to bring it back to plant medicine, there's, it's not as if doing ayahuasca is always going to give us that experience of like, looking at your stuff like here's all of your shit in 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 condensed into like three hours and for you to process and purge and clear in the most unbearable uncomfortable experience now sometimes there's incredible beauty oh, yeah. as we receive a lot of energy you know and and really but it requires sometimes yeah clearing the bucket the space for us to receive something different right and and yeah. and receive the beautiful energy that's all around us 
but again to get to that point it requires sometimes that we that we face the adversity that we turn towards our our shadow and develop a more evolved relationship with those parts of ourselves that are not going to go anywhere it's not about exiling them or banishing them or you know getting them out right because that just perpetuates yeah. it's about it's about really getting familiar with them like bringing compassion and empathy and and unconditional love into those those parts and then learning as well how to kind of discern like have how to have a have a connection to your heart's truth a more fluid connection to your heart's truth and be able to speak it skillfully in the world and speak your needs in your relationships and this is this, this is the work for all of us this is like that ninja spiritual jedi stuff that everybody is doing mm -hmm. there's there are no spiritual gurus who have just like you know maybe there's a handful but like everybody else is doing this work it's the same for all of us and it's this is the beautiful thing about community as well it gives us that reflection it gives us that beautiful reminder that oh like there's nothing wrong with me actually like we're all we're all working through the same thing and everything that each person in this circle just shared with me resonates yeah how incredible is that you know yeah knowing that you aren't you aren't alone is huge mm -hmm. And I think totally. that's why a lot of people kill themselves or do the stupid things like that because mm -hmm. they feel alone. And, totally. you know, that, yeah, I mean, that connection, that that lack of connection is what leads to that. And I want to talk about one more thing around, like, embracing the adversity. I think there's this misconception that, oh, well, you know, uh, love and light, love and light, all of that. But that comes from your perspective on what is. It's not good or bad. It's what is. And that's why ayahuasca, for me anyway, taught me that it's how you receive the, the thing that's coming at you. And as soon as you receive it as gratitude, like, oh, this is happening for me to learn right now, that's where things shifted for me into like an easier road. But it was the denial and pushing away. And I don't want to feel this. That mm -hmm. created more chaotic a, more mm -hmm. of a chaotic experience. And I feel that, you know, if we, if you can just embrace whatever it is in your life, whether it feels great, celebrate it. If it's challenging, just know it's going to get better. Embrace mm -hmm. it, alchemize that into, that's what, uh, that's what plant medicine does. It helps you alchemize that adversity into like purpose into sure. it. Right. It's like, and that's the way I see it too, man. I see it as being, like you just said, like just being able to face it and just learning to love it because it's just parts of you. Mm -hmm. It's just parts of you that wants to be seen, heard, and loved. And as soon as that happens, mm -hmm. then it all changes and it becomes this, it feels like things get easier, but it's the denial. It's the pushing away of it. And I only want to feel the way I'm thinking, like my, my, uh, expectations are to feel and if they don't feel like that then it's suffering then it's like everything's bad right mm -hmm. but it's not like that mm -hmm. totally yeah i think it's a, it's a constant practice that you know never we never escape right like yeah. forever we will be in this practice of 
you know, of mindfulness, of remembering to turn towards what is, you know, and it's, and it can come, you know, that can get sort of complex and, and, and become more challenging as life goes on. But my favorite mantra is just, I want to live. I want to live. I want to live. And I want to live now, you know, I would. And the, the, the reality is that if we, when we, when we avoid certain parts of ourselves and certain aspects of ourselves and we resist it, you know, we, or we suppress or we turn away from, we don't have, this, you know, that courage and that remembering to, to, just to begin to be more intimate with what is truly mm. right now, you know, we're, we're going to have to deal with it at some point. It's going to come up in our relationships. And the funny thing is, and I'm sure so many of us have experienced this, like the way that the the universe, that life seems to just design the most incredibly, you know, like, the most incredibly designed things that just stir up exactly the thing that needs to be to be worked on you know and so this isn't about like flagellating ourselves constantly it's it's about living a more wholesome life where we're actually able to develop skills um that help us communicate you know our heart's truth the, the truth that sits in the seat of our, of our of our deepest essence place in healthy ways so that we can navigate life with more grace and more graciousness with more in more fulfilling ways you know I really don't advocate for people doing you know heaps and heaps of ayahuasca ceremonies I really don't believe it's that's not the answer the answer is take drawing from this well of beautiful wisdom and knowledge that these indigenous cultures have evolved over generations and then connecting with the wisdom of nature and then taking that home into our lives in meaningful ways. And that requires a lot of support. That requires a lot of, um, you know, the community. It requires like the encouragement sometimes to, for you to, go and seek out the support. Like I'm a guy, just like so many of us, like seeking out good support for myself is sometimes the hardest thing, you know? And my partner will like get so infuriated, like, Niels, what are you doing? What are you doing? And, uh, you know, with time, it's like, my God, yes. Like mm -hmm. this is so necessary. As humans, we need, I think, before this modern paradigm, this modern culture, we had... The masculine totem pole for us men where like men of all ages you know came together more frequently and were able to like there's medicine for me from children and there's medicine for me from the elders okay. and all of it's valuable all of it fills me up all of it fills my cup and helps me you know it shapes me and we need that whether it be in the form of a men's group or a coach or a therapist or just a, a good community of, of of friends and family that we that we actually put energy into um having a relationship with and uh, you know and and also you know, all of the other tools that help us to understand our trauma understand our nervous system and and, and like the why we have developed certain behaviors and how we can work with the nervous system to kind of 
to come back to a healthy place of 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 resilience and 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 not you know go around dysregulated basically in our lives um so all of these things are valuable it's not just about plant medicine it's really about just acknowledging it is a beautiful tool that can help us to do a lot of cleansing and clearing and help us to powerfully remember things that we've forgotten and then and then we need to take it home and take those wisdoms home and this is this is where you know it's concerning a lot of people offering this very potent, very sacred, very beautiful medicine in ways that just aren't maybe informed enough and aren't experienced enough and skilled enough to 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 provide all of that. Um, you know, and it's a constant evolution. Let's pray that the healing that is needed, and I see the innocence in that in this as well, right? Like people are serving the medicine because it's touched them and it's it's gave them given them beautiful healing and they want to share that and it's not coming oftentimes i think it's coming from a place of innocence you know um so let's pray for the evolution of that to go in in the right direction yeah that's absolutely. my point absolutely so somebody wants to learn more about you speak to us about that and on our website adamkarahealingretreats.com and uh our our instagram you can find there as well mm. and that's pretty much it yeah Awesome, man. I really think the work that you're doing is so important. And I love that you don't just push, do more, to do more, do more, do more. I think that says a lot about you as a person. And I think that people need to understand that it's not about always doing more medicine. So thank you for saying that. And is there anything else you want to leave the audience with that's on your heart that you haven't spoke about? that uh yeah you want to leave them with today <laughs> i mean my configuration is always like towards what's nice and beautiful is the truth and so you know i just want to share that there are tools out there plant medicine is one of them and there is an entire world of, of, of energy of nourishment that's available to us at all times you know and i i I don't say this from some kind of pedestal, you know, I'm not perfect myself. And it's sometimes easy to forget that, you know. And if you're feeling that struggle, if the the reality of, you know, circumstance in life has made a real disconnect happen for you, then just know that there are beautiful, beautiful ancient wisdoms out there and medicines out there that are really potent in helping us to find our way home and, and and remember you know our truth and reconnect you know reconnect with all of this gorgeous vibrant energy that's that surrounds us um if we only kind of just do that work and then create intentional practices to to strengthen those relationships so yeah that's all i'll share perfect thank you brother <laughs> thanks for coming on brother i really appreciate it Thank you, May. This was, this was really lovely. It's good to see you. You too. Thanks, everybody. Thanks so much, everybody, for tuning in. Powerful episode. If you want to follow and check out more of Neil's work, all of his information is in the show notes in the description below this episode. Also, as always, if you guys want to go deeper into the work that I do, we do on this podcast, and you want to, and you haven't, had a chance to read it yet. My book, Mastering Adversity, is available 
unlock the warrior within and turn your biggest struggles into your greatest gifts. My journey where I met Niels is in that book. That's Niels isn't specifically in it, but my journey of what I went through and all the things it's in there. So if you want to go deeper into my world and what, you know, have a roadmap to mastering adversity in your own life with different formulas and different perspectives, go grab it. It's available on Amazon. It supports the show and I really appreciate it. Also, again, if you guys want to up your focus game, if you got something important happening and you want to get dialed in, go grab Magic Mind at magicmind.co slash UAP20. That's M-A-G-I-C-M-I-N-D dot co slash UAP20 for 20% off your first purchase or 56% off your first subscription. It'll help you out. It'll get you in the game combination of all the things that help you focus and feel good. And if you want to up your productivity, go do it. I love you, everybody. Subscribe to the podcast, share with somebody you feel needs it. I appreciate all of you and uh, we'll catch you next time.